With the NBA Finals around the corner, you can bet with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get a no-sweat bet up to $1,500 if your first bet doesn't hit. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. One no-sweat bet per new customer. Issued as one bonus. Bonus bet based on amount of initial losing bet. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility, wagering, and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. All right, we are back. The second part of our post-fight coverage for UFC 261. This is the post-fight show. Thank you for joining us. We want you to get involved as much as possible for a number of reasons. One, because we do this for you. And two, I like when you guys lead things and then we can talk about all the craziness. And this was a crazy night indeed. Uh, But welcome back. I am Mike Heck. And we got a whole crew here. Uh, we got Alex K. Lee back in our lives, the Prince of Positivity. Happy Close birthday, Alex. Alex. Happy birthday. We're going it, to... It's, it's past it midnight. It's past midnight now. It, it is, it's <laughs> not our birthday, but I wish it was because where's where's Diplo? Where's Diplo? Where's Saweetie? <laughs> is that all you got? We got Jake Paul. <laughs> got I, can, I can name them all, but we only have to... We definitely got a lot of Jake Paul. Yeah, we got a lot. We got way too much Jake Paul. Let's be honest. Like, like I said, in between the links, like, listen, he did great. He got us talking. We need like a three month break from Jake Paul before we start Holy talking God. about him again. I think Mike just told me off there. We're not going to talk about Jake Paul. Hey, do thirty seconds nah. into the show, we're talking about nah. him. Got to do it. AK, it's AK not our fault. It. It's not our fault. It's not our fault. You yeah. saw the show. We'll talk about that in a bit. We you saw the show. <laughs> yes, we'll talk about all of that. Uh, Casey is back and joining us. The fourth man in is uh once again the between the links champion jed mishu how are you my friend i'm doing really well it's a great night of fights i'm pleasantly <laughs> surprised <laughs> oh, oh, this man, is great. every it, time they do the three title fights thing it like never works out like it's yeah. almost always been really bad but for like maybe one notable exception but tonight was i mean it was bad for some people in some very tangible reasons but I mean, overall, the event was dope. Like, I had a great time. Yes. And Jed said before we hit record, I got takes. And that always means for excellent audio and uh, and video quality. But AK, let us discuss the way this this night ended. 
If you told me that Kamara Usman was going to sleep Jorge Mazadal in the second round, I don't think I would have been like, there's no chance of that happening, but I probably would have been like, eh, I don't think it will happen. But that's what we saw. Usman knocks out Jorge Mazadal, puts him to sleep, and he is still the champion of the world. So your thoughts on Usman's performance and, you know, where this puts him, he wants yeah. to be, he said, once those pound for pound rankings come out on Tuesday, he wants to be right at the top of that list. What did you think of the performance and did he get himself to the top? Usman, by, I think, convincing decision, you know, if you were, if you were picking Usman, was probably the most likely, uh, the most likely, we all, I mean, I think we all thought Usman could certainly put on a more impressive performance uh, in this, this time around, uh, even though I also thought that Masvidal would look better than last time. I just thought it'd be a more competitive and interesting fight overall. Um, it was, I think, well, no, it wasn't more competitive. I certainly can't make that case, but it was certainly more interesting and more fun to watch, obviously, with the way it ended and just sort of the added level of aggression and uh, Masvidal getting a fight in his home state, you know? So, uh, uh, yeah, a knockout, like you said, not, like, unlikely. We just saw his, you know, Usman's power in that Burns fight, uh, and it felt like it was something that was really coming around. Like, it didn't just feel like, oh, it was the right matchup. That's why he could knock out Burns. You saw there was, like, a lot of, legitimate like actual noticeable improvements in, in, in everything that Uzma was doing and you're like this might not be the last knockout this guy gets you know and so uh when with a stand-up guy like Masvidal yes we thought Masvidal had the advantage but the power of Uzma was very very real uh what is his performance amazing let's just let's just address the elephant in the room yes the GSP comparisons uh is he now the greatest has he been the greatest you know uh I'm in Canada so I'm biased and I see some Canadians in the chat they're gonna they're gonna come after me if I if I go too heavy on this, but I will say he's in the conversation. If they fought, if you took the best version of GSP and the best version of Usman, I would give Usman a at least a 50-50 chance of winning that fight. I can't imagine why anyone would argue against that and say, like, oh, GSP in his prime would definitely kill Usman. I mean, Usman looks as good as any welterweight I've ever seen in their primes. Take prime Matt Hughes, take prime Robbie Lawler, whoever you want. I think Usman's right up there with them. Uh, the resume, I mean, again, it's hard to beat the resume of GSP. So many, so many big names on there. But Usman's, he's starting to, he's starting to, you know, really put something together here. So I'm not anointing him the greatest ever. But if anyone wants to make that argument, it's legitimate. It's legitimate. Usman's great, and and uh, in a hypothetical fight, I, I give him a good chance of beating GSP. I think Usman took a very big step towards the gsp stuff like i said i don't think he's there just yet but i think i thought he took a, i thought he took a good step like it was i felt like after the burns win he was probably right near hughes very close i think he passed hughes after this win tonight i still don't think he's a gsp yet but he's closer i mean when you get a win you get closer to something i think he's closer but he's he's not there yet jed what is your take on one? Let, let's just talk about the the performance overall because there's two people in this very room. We just happen to be on the same side of that little cube. Let's get the cube back up there. <laughs> little Brady Bunch looking thing. The people on the left hand side. We both picked Mazadal. You were very sure. confident in the Mazadal pick. You you made some excellent points on between the links on Thursday. And by the time f- the fight rolled around, there were, were points. There were points. I don't know about excellent. It's no good. It's, I, know it's, good I, I know it's no, late. Were. I know it's late. You got people thinking. <laughs> Look at the comments. You got people thinking. But I talked myself into picking Mazdal. <laughs> and the reason, and after that first round, 
I felt even more confident because the first round went exactly the way I thought it was going to go. Usman was going to win the round. Mazadal was going to land leg kicks. He was going to start getting points. He was going to start building things up en route to the fight ending shot. I had it in the third round. So I was feeling pretty good about it. And then Usman landed that right hand and you saw like all the water just fly off Mazadal's body. Like it was just a wild knockout. So your thoughts on the way this fight ended and, you know, addressing the elephant in the room that AK brought into this discussion. I have so many thoughts right now. Um, I guess I'll, I'll lead by saying uh, Usman is clearly the top pound for pound fighter in the world since Habib retired. He should have had that very obviously. Like it's not a close conversation. There is nobody else in the rankings that sh- should be anywhere near him, but for maybe Francis Ngannou. Like, Pound for bat pound should be uh, essentially a gauge of what have you done for me lately in terms of your contemporaries. Usman has beaten all of the top welterweights. Like it's nobody else has even come close to doing that. It's very obvious that he is the top pound for pound fighter in the sport. And I'll believe that until such time as somebody makes a case, like a good case, why by beating their contemporaries one after the other. So I'm just going to throw that out there. Second, uh the next time we do like an mma fighting team meetup post covid i'm gonna have to fist fight all of y'all because this is absolutely ludicrous that we're pretending that car usman is in the same realm as george st pierre he's not and it's not a knock on usman usman very well could be the second greatest welterweight of all time probably is i do think it's kind of hilarious that sorry my dog's in the background um and he's having a big dream <laughs> so he, he got uh, i think it's a little hilarious that coming into this fight everyone was just like man masvidal doesn't deserve this because he didn't <laughs> and this is this is a clear money grab and yada 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 and then man winning spectacularly really cures all the ills that might face you because now suddenly he's he's better than George St. Pierre. And it's just like it's just ridiculous. Usman probably al- almost certainly is the second greatest welterweight of all time. But there's a gulf there between like the level of accomplishment and that's <laughs> that's just undeniable. Like Usman needs to defend his title like four more times. Could he get there? Sure. Like that's well within the realm of possibility. But he's not there yet, and I only after now picking up, I think this is his fourth title defense, am I like I think it's not unreasonable to start saying, ah, he could maybe do this as opposed to, well, it's 1A and 1B with George St. Pierre. It's not. George St. Pierre is pretty clearly the best or like second best fighter full stop of all time, and Usman is still well in the middle of his career. He's got a lot of room to go. So. Um, <laughs> That's kind of all that. And then the last thing I'll just fire off here is, uh, yeah, man, I felt great about Masvidal after the first round because Usman ended that round super poorly, like swinging wildly and looking weird, Um, maybe even got jawed a little bit from Masvidal. Like I was like, oh, I was only kind of half serious when I was talking that Masvidal was going to win, but like he's got a really good shot now. That round went really well for him, all things considered. And then – then it super didn't. So <laughs> props to because that's one of the, like that's the KO of the year for me right now. Like that's that's it. Um, 
I mean, there's plenty of real estate left in this year for that to change. It's KO of the year. That's one of the cleanest punches I've ever seen land in a UFC fight, much less a title fight. And uh, shout out to who is this dude? Phil Ellsworth got like the most perfect photo of it. So oh, check yeah. Twitter. It's around like that thing is that is exceptional camera work. So yeah, it was dope. And I'm not here to knock Kamal Usman for doing the damn thing emphatically, but let's let's put low respect on the goat's name, man. <laughs> Jed, what do you think of the hypothetical head to head though? I, I, I mean, fantasy matches are kind of silly, especially in MMA. It's just like it's purely abstract. I but assume, it, I assume Usman beats him because okay. things get better with yeah. time. Yeah, exactly, exactly. That, that's that, that's my thinking. I mean, like I said, I, I'm a little more clo- like uh, co- in the comparing like their skill sets. Things is like that's where I'm looking at. Like, oh, Usman could you make a strong argument? You're better. I think I'm, I'm a little more in agreement with you as the res- as far as the resumes go. It's just hard to match the names on just. I think like, I think it's crazy. We're talking about crazy. we're talking about time. We're not talking like Wilt Chamberlain versus you know Shaq. I mean, like I was at GSP's fight. I was there. I mean, like I was yeah. like I was but there. In MMA, I, you know that, that's well, what, that's what's wild. Everything just yeah. I think there's been a quantum. Quickly. Yeah, I like, I think there has been a quantum leap from like 15 years ago. Yeah, and like one of the huge things that Usman will struggle to overcome in my estimation and in most estimations is like I think he beat George St. Pierre in a fight. You pick the best one of them. Time is better. He's a better athlete. Um, mm-hmm. They they have incredibly similar games. Uh, but there's a reason for that, and it's because Kamar Usman doesn't exist without George St. Pierre. Like, very yeah. clearly, much of his game is modeled off of watching the greatest fighter of all time while he was learning this sport. And it's like, I'm not saying it's impossible for him to pass GSP, but what GSP have nine, 10 title defenses? And I think Usman just hit his fourth. Like, he's got to keep doing this, which is possible. But like he's already talked about possibly retiring and it's like that's just a huge thing to do. Like if he does it, that's tremendous. If he puts together eight title defenses and it's all against quality competition, like that's great. But he's still got a long way to go. And he, and the thing we're not going to talk about because nobody ever wants to talk about it except for me because I'm the asshole. <laughs> he keeps beating lightweights, man. <laughs> Gilbert Burns is a lightweight. No, is a lightweight. Like, like <laughs> great win. So, like, that's a great win as much. As oh, come on, come on. These are good wins. These, I'm not here to say these aren't good wins. But Gilbert Burns got got by like the seventh ranked dude in the lightweight division. So I'm just saying, like, I'd like to see him instead of doing the run it back with Colby and maybe run it back with Leon, like fight Steven Thompson because he's at least a true welterweight and that'd be something new and different. Fight Vicente Luque. And, like, that's the type of things that will happen as he continues to defend his belt because that's what happens when you defend your belt for, like, 10 years. You end up fighting all not like all sorts of dudes. I just need to see more of it. But if his next like two years are he wins rematches over very good guys, but guys he's already beaten, that is that's not a path to becoming the goat to me. Like, give me variety. How much is the fact that we can't? No one. It feels weird calling Usman the goat just because he hasn't been the A side really. I mean, maybe yeah. when he fought Burns, but like in his two Masvidal fights, I mean, it, clearly Masvidal was selling the pay-per-views. Um, 
the Woodley, I mean, it was kind of Woodley's, I feel, selling pay-per-views. I mean, Usman doesn't get, Usman, Usman got booed. The GOAT doesn't get booed. Is that, I mean, how much of that comes in the fact you're just weird? Maybe. I don't know. I don't think that I think of things in those terms, but I'm, that also feels like something that maybe I just couldn't recognize if I was viewing it that way. Like, it's, I, I don't know. I really like Kamar Usman. I think he's a super good fighter. I think he's the top pound for fighter in the world and i am now willing to say it is within the realm of possibility he catches george st pierre i think we're like three years off from that and a lot ha- can happen in three years especially for a 33 year old fighter who admittedly looked tremendous tonight but like has bad knees and has already talked about maybe retiring like it's it's not impossible Possible for him to do it, but uh, the odds are not in his favor, in my personal opinion. Yeah, and and it's crazy. Like you know, we we were just saying there's a quantum leap in development, also quantum leap in how we view fighters, I guess. Because Usman has only been in the UFC for about six years now. GSP, his championship run took place over like, well, I mean, around the same, well, maybe a little bit longer than that, seven, eight years. Um, but it felt, and then he came back and, and obviously for the Michael Bisping fight. So there was, there was like a, a gap in there as well. So it, it is funny. Like, yeah, we, we maybe are a little too quick with these. And I'll say this, the other case for GSP is, you know, and these are things that are outside of Usman's control is that he just had the right collection of rivals, right? You got two all timers, Matt Hughes, BJ Penn. Uh, so two great rivalries there. You had like John Fish coming off like a 20 fight win streak. Uh, what else do we have in there? Like again, and there's some, you know, there's some some title defenses people can Josh scoff Josh at, whatever. Sure. Yeah, Dan Hardy. I mean, people didn't love the Dan Hardy title yeah. defense, whatever. But a Jake Shields well, coming in, from, Alves, Jake Shields, like yeah, Carlos Jake Shields Condit, coming in from Strike Force, Carlos Condit, who wants to see that for a long time. <laughs> Nick Diaz, who was considered to be the best welterweight outside of the UFC, when like that was a dream <laughs> matchup. Nick yeah. Diaz is the best welterweight. Like. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> prove me, prove otherwise. I, yeah, yeah, it's clearly. Yeah. And, and his run, GSP's run was like what people think John Jones's run was. Sure. John Jones' win was awesome, but it was also against a bunch of dudes who were, or at least a, a large number Older. of them who were on the Older. yeah on the downside of their career. Like, <laughs> GSP's nice run is close to untouchable, but I did just realize the thing that I do think from this weekend that like I hadn't realized before. But very, I think Usman solidified the best of of a category tonight, and he is the best tough winner. I think that that's pretty clear now. Like. Yeah. I think Bisping I probably think oh, had that I think title before. I think it was but pretty like, obvious, Us- yeah. Usman has mm-hmm. it. Usman has mm-hmm. it for real. You know what Usman doesn't have either that GSP does have? Usman doesn't have off nights. GSP had an off night when he fought Matt Serra. He had an off mm-hmm. night when he fought Johnny Hendricks. Usman mm-hmm. is – I mean, I know he won against Johnny Hendricks, but – and that's what like, that's why I really – I've always loved about DJ. I loved about um, Habib. They didn't have off nights. Even hmm. at their worst, they still won. And Usman, his it's it's his dominance. Like, has he like seriously been even in danger? I mean, maybe to get one Gilbert Burns hit him once pretty hard. You know, <laughs> yeah. that, that kind of reminds me of when like Michael Johnson hit Habib once, and it's just like whoa. You know, uh, Col- Colby was well, a pretty good well, back and forth fight. I don't know if it was in danger, but yeah. The thing about it is, you're 100 percent right. Well, like he did almost lose to Burns, but he hasn't had off nights. He has been a champion for two years. Like that's on the UFC. That is on the UFC. Yeah, exactly. That that's a tricky thing when discussing title defense. Yeah, like 
Like, I, I don't it feel is. Like How many wins did GSP need to, for get, to, get, to get his title shot? Yeah. Oh, we woke up your dog. Hey, that's we, pretty standard. We woke up your dog. Oh, that's fine. Okay. Yeah, he'll DSP got his first title shot pretty quickly, but I mean, this was, that was a different era. But it's like the Khabib thing, Jed. It's like, you know, we talk about Khabib. It's like talking about his amount of title defenses is, is almost silly. Because what, what did Khabib have? Three? Two? Th- three. three. And, but that's silly three. because we know he could have been the champion. Yeah, but you have you to know. do it. And like, look, you, I'm the biggest Khabib dude in the world. You all right. know this. It's going for this man hard. He's not that's why I brought girl. it up. He's not actually in the conversation. It's fun I to think, think he, is. he is. And he's in in like a – if you want to view it in a very particular lens, but he exists sort of outside of that conversation in his own space as he's a beep. He did this very special and different thing, but in like the confines of the structures of a, of a normal goat conversation, he can't, he, he reigned too short. And even if he probably would have reigned, like then that gets us into the argument that BJ is actually the best because he was the best lightweight and welterweight on the planet for like seven years in the early yeah. 2000s. But he just didn't have the belt. Like you just can't do that. It, it has yes, to be can. the official. <laughs> I mean, you can, cause it's totally subjective, but like, <laughs> According to the broader population, it's just not going to work. And like it's Habib is is his own thing. Usman has is great. He's the second best welterweight of all time. He is on his way in the sense that like if I started walking right now, I'd be on my way to wherever I was going, even if it was 10,000 miles away. But he's just not there. And like he needs more than two years of a title reign because there is a fundamental difference. And like, I genuinely believe this. There's a fundamental difference between being at the top and climbing your way to the top. And like fighters talk about it all the time. But when we see these long reigning champions lose, they lose like this. It is far more impressive what Demetrius Johnson did than anyone being like a double champ. Because not only did DJ continuously like not have off nights defend his belt, he did it for so many years that like literally fighters grew up knowing he was the champ and planning for him like crafting their whole careers like max holloway had a custom built style to beat jose aldo because aldo was the dude for half a decade and like usman just needs to put in the years if he does that i'll stop arguing but he just has to do it the, the last thing i'll say is that uh it's a, i do think title shots titles uh reigns are a factor but i also it, for me it's not the determining factor just because of how it's handled by the ufc that's it that's the last point i want to make and i feel like there's a lot more to uh a lot more to discuss but it's uh, it obviously should matter yeah yes i uh it's funny jed you you sit there and you you make this statement that when we have an mma fighting meetup you're going to start throwing fists at everybody yet remember on between the links when when you said an answer and then Drake said an answer and then everyone's like, Oh, Drake, I love you, man. Like, that's a great yeah. answer. But you literally said the same thing right before that. That's literally what happened with us. Cause I said exactly the same thing you did. He just passed well, really, Matt Hughes. Really He's now number two. Fight. Really meant I was going to fight AK. Okay. Fair enough. <laughs> we, we, we have met and let me tell you something. There was no, there was nothing in this man's eyes. That was a threat to me. I'll tell you that right now. So we have already, we have met in person. I'm just saying we have met in person. So I'm hearing, I'm, this, this is the first time I'm hearing this. All right. This is the first That's time I'm hearing this. That's because I was on your home, home turf, you know, like. And I, I bought you, and I bought you chicken. And I bought you chicken. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know who's going to come out of the woodwork and, you know, start fighting. You gotta, gotta be cautious. Yes. You were in my, yeah. This uh, is true. So that was the main event. Great win for Kamara Usman. Uh, 
far as matchmaking goes, AK and I will talk about that tomorrow and on to the next one. We're this close to crowning an NBA champ. And with the action heating up on the court, it's even hotter at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get a no-sweat bet up to 1500 bucks if your first bet doesn't hit. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. One no-sweat bet per new customer. Issued as one bonus bet based on amount of initial losing bet. Bonus bets expire. 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility, wagering, and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering, so you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Uh, before Usman had his great performance... Rose Namajunas made some history. She became the first woman's fighter in the UFC to recapture a title in her weight class. It's never happened before. We never had like a two-time divisional woman's champion in UFC history, and it happened. She knocks out Zhang Wei Li in the first round with a beautiful head kick, and not a lot of people saw this one coming. A lot of people thought Rose could win, maybe win a close decision, maybe get a late stoppage. I actually thought like if Rose was going to win, it was going to be in the first round. I didn't think she'd get it. I thought Zhang Wei Li would start to wear on her and get us get a late finish in her own right. But man, Rose looked good. She looked sharp. Got it done. Jed, your thoughts on Thug Rose getting it done again? I mean, it was really good. Like it was just uh, not honestly. The, the fight was so short. There's not a lot to take from it beyond. Uh, I did not see that coming, uh, but that was just picture perfect, like landed as clean as can be. And that was the game like good for her. Uh, I'm really excited because I often feel like at some point we're supposed to get these rock, paper, scissors for divisions. Like it feels like we talk about styles make fights all the time. But ultimately, that kind of hasn't borne itself out, at least for the champions. Whoever wins the belt tends to be like the dude until there's another guy who beats him and that's it. And occasionally the 
titles might like change hands a lot like that period at light heavyweight but that wasn't a rock paper scissors scenario whereas like right now strawweight like Namahuna is just bolted uh Wiley Zhang and Wiley Zhang obliterated Jessica Andrade and Andrade worked Namahunas in their first fight and would have worked her in the second had it been a five-round fight but instead it was a three-round fight and she still arguably could have gotten a draw for that like uh I would pick Andrade even after and we'll talk about her later like if Andrade dropped back down I would pick her in a three match with Rose uh so that's interesting like it's a pretty pretty weird dynamic going on at strawway right now I would agree what did you think AK of Thug Rose getting it done. I thought the it's funny when you have Rogan and Anik and, and DC down there during a Thug Rose fight and she gets a finish like that. Like the faces they make, the reactions they have, it's just something of legend. What did you what did you make of Rose Namajunas regaining her title tonight? Man, look, the book on Rose Namajunas has always been on, on her best day, she can beat anybody. You know, I mean, I think we saw that with the with the first win over Joanna when she finished Joanna, that was truly shocking. Uh, the second fight, you know, erased any any thoughts that the first fight was a fluke. She looked like, again, sort of the, the best possible version of this super, super talented fighter who has been, you know, pegged as this prospect since uh, Casey. I think we were talking about it before the show, since her Invicta days. Like, you just knew there was something, excuse me, there was something special about this fighter, uh, about Rose. Uh, she's a finisher at 115, which is which is you know not the most common thing, uh, which is another reason uh, people sort of latched onto her. Uh, she's got a personality a lot of people like, and I, I, obviously I picked Zhang to win. I picked all the champions to defend. Very very conservative thinking on my part, but there was that part of my mind. That I'm like, man, you know, Rose can really finish anybody. What I predict, predicted, uh, head kick in under 90 seconds, not in my wildest dreams. There's, you could have mentioned it, and I would have said, I probably would have said, there's no way that's going to happen. Uh, Zhang's too tough. Her defense is too good. Getting caught, there's, there's no way, even in MMA, there's no way she gets caught that early. But again, you know, we know this, we, this is why the game is the way it is. You know, these, these, these things happen. It was, it was a picture perfect shot. Zhang was so out of it. Uh, I know uh, there was some consternation over the stoppage. Well, I mean, specifically from Zhang and her team, but I, it, it really looked like she was out, uh, even with Rose kind of on top of her maybe holding her down in, in an awkward position. I, I do think the head kick took her out. And uh, if anything, maybe a couple of Rose's follow-up shots might have brought her back. So we'll, we'll see. We'll see what Zhang thinks when she, when she sees the footage. I'm sure she's a proud fighter and doesn't want to admit that she got totally, uh, totally rocked. But, uh, but I think that was the case. So amazing win for her. Uh, Jed mentioned, you know, she had to fight Andraj again to get the rematch, which I think was a, a very worthy test for her. You know, we see people demanding instant rematches all the time. So this time she got the rematch, but it wasn't for the title. And so she had to beat Andrade just to get a shot at it, which is scary. Scary enough. Uh, I don't know if anyone wants to fight Andrade once, much less twice, but she did it and uh, and eked out that split decision. Um, to, so it's, it's quite a journey. And will she be able to retain? I don't know. Like I said, every night it depends which Rose Namajuna shows up. But this version of Rose, the one that beat Joanna, uh, indisputably, you know, the best 115-pound uh, fighter out there today. I bet Valentina Shevchenko wants to fight Andrade twice. <laughs> yeah, probably. It's, okay. It's, it's it's funny you say that. Casey, let me ask you this because we saw the bonuses. We had a fight of the night, and the two performance bonuses went to Usman and Rose. Whose performance impressed you more, Rose Namajunas or Valentina Shevchenko? I would say Shevchenko just because I was picking Andrade for the upset. Um 
So I was just super impressed because I thought I was like, I thought Andrade was like, okay, this is the weight class that she's made for now. One twenty five. She finally because when she, originally she came in has a bantam weight, she went down to one fifteen because there was no one twenty five at the time, and then she went to one twenty five. Um, there it's like, but that that's a one a one b thing. <laughs> you know, there was it's just spectacular performances from each of those ladies. It was definitely Chevy what truck. Do you- <laughs> 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 it was definitely Chevy truck. Like, like, I'm just look great. That's a great KO. I was also a KO in a minute. Like, it's not a fluke because she threw it. She intended to throw it. But like, if they fought that again, none of us would expect the same thing to happen. Like that performance can be boiled down much, much more briefly to, yeah, a thing happened and it's over, but it may not be fully indicative moving forward. We watched Valentina Shevchenko fight Jessica Andrade a hundred times, and Andrade just getting that work every time. Man, that was an ass kicking par none. Yeah, yeah, I think we we talked about this um on our uh, privately, but with Jed, like the gap between. I mean, sorry, we're moving on to flyweight already, but the gap between Shevchenko Shevchenko and the rest of the division, I can't think of another division where there's a bigger gap between the champion and everyone else i can't think of a division where there's been a bigger gap ever unless you want to go back to like hoist gracie yeah you're talking- the ufc one crowd who didn't know what grappling was <laughs> yeah. like she is so far beyond her contemporaries it is honestly like laura murphy god bless her absolutely deserves to get in there and have her day she deserves her day in court that is close to malpractice to book that because that's just like but yeah she's I mean, Shevchenko's just yeah. handing out ass whoopings for as long as she wants is what's going on here yeah do, do you believe Shevchenko is is like much like maybe Usman how I feel like Shevchenko it seems like she is literally getting better each performance <laughs> and that's why and, that, and that's why I think the the idea of a trilogy fight which I, I'm not sure why Dana poo-poos on that so much maybe just it didn't sell enough but uh, I think it's just a money thing. But um, I think mean, I think th- this Chevchenko is just so much better than the one that arguably beat Nunes in the second one, this, their second fight at thirty five in Edmonton. Um, so I don't know. It just, gosh, Chevchenko. I was so impressed. I was just, I was maybe maybe I, I had I overvalued Andrade, but I really I really don't think I did. I think I think just Chevchenko was just better than I imagined. Yeah, I don't think you did either. Like yeah. that, I thought Shevchenko was going to win convincingly. I didn't think it was going to be that convincingly. Like she is, she is something else, man. <laughs> just something else. And credit to Rosanna Hunis because really just brilliant to be friends with Valentina Shevchenko. <laughs> nobody talks about her going up to get that work because you you shouldn't want it. Like it's just going to be a bad night for you. <laughs> Yes, I would agree. And what's interesting about 25 is, yes, Valentina, there is a a wide gap, but we actually have like some fights and some interesting contenders. Like we got Chukagian, who probably, even if she beats Viviani Arujo, is not getting a title shot unless she does like a somersault dropkick KO, like something better than Joaquin Buckley. And even then she probably doesn't get a title (laughs) shot. But you got Ara Ujo, she beats Chukagian, she's right there. And of course, you got Lauren Murphy fighting Joanne Calderwood. So she has options and she has some fresh faces that she could fight. 
let's talk about what's next for Rose, Jed. What do we do here? Because we got Carlos Barza getting ready to fight Jan Jonan next month. But something That's tells it. me the UFC is going to try to get this rematch cooking. So what, what would you do? Oh, they're going to do the Yan Jan on Carlos Barza fight. Um, I, I think that's – I mean, one, both of those women are on like four-fight win streaks, five-fight win streaks. Well, I mean, Yan Jan on like a 23-fight win streak or whatever it is. Um, ostensibly, uh, Yan Jan on should win that fight. If, if she doesn't, maybe the UFC might try and finagle something because Carlos Barza has won her last two fights um, and probably would – win over Yan Jonan in, in a similar <laughs> disputable fashion. Uh, but even so, I still think they run that back. Like there's a really good story to sell there of, Hey, Asparza was the first champion. She beat Rose. Rose has grown so much. And now she's the champion and gets to defend her belt. It's a, it's a bookend thing. It's obviously will be Asparza's last fight for a title. So you give a kind of a pioneer of this division in a lot of ways, uh, a big send off in that regard. Uh, otherwise, Yan Jianan totally deserves it uh, if she beats Esparza. I mean, it's it's that's the three and four or two and three in the rankings fighting each other. I think that just happens. Plus, um, I'm sure the UFC likes Wiley Zhang because she seems personable, and that's good. But if we're being honest, really, their investment and interest in her is the is her nationality and using her as an inroad into the Chinese market and they can get the same thing with, with Yan Jianan and not have to like force feed a, a automatic rematch for somebody who just got gotten 80 seconds. So I think that's a hundred percent of the fight that happens next. All right. AK, we'll get your take on this tomorrow. Um, but Dana yes. seems interested in the rematch, which is kind of, uh, kind of fascinating. We'll see what happens. I mean, Yan was, Zhang was out for over a year. You know, you could throw in some intangibles. Who the hell knows? But um, great performances from everyone who walked out with gold wrapped around their waist tonight. Uh, I'm kind of hesitant to go to the it. fight before the title fight. No, I, let's I, do I, it. Let's do it. Can I just ask you guys really quickly? Uh, are you interested, like, outside of there's just not another fight? Uh, are you actually interested in Shevchenko Nunes 3? Yes. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Even 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 though I want to remind people that second fight uh was not super entertaining to be Yeah, clear. it was a terrible fight. I won well, and I well, think won BT dubs. I had I had Valentina winning that fight until the last minute when Valentina I can't remember the exact details. Valentina did like a really amateurish kind of one of those throws um you know he had arm throws head and shoulder throw head arm throw and and nunez wound up getting mount from it because it was such a bad throw i was like why did she do that like in my mind i was like oh she won and then she just gave it away in the last minute so absolutely i want to see that rematch i don't care if it was two bad fights i don't care yeah i think exactly and i think it's it just has to be done at some point but valentina said tonight she's you know even she said we said dana white poo-pooed on the idea even uh shevchenko's kind of like i'm not going to push for it she said she feels it's going to happen someday that could mean a year from now you know that doesn't mean that doesn't mean like far far in the future we don't know how much more uh amanda nunez wants to fight and i think that'd be a great uh you know retirement fight for at least one of her last fights so yeah, I don't know. I, I, I'm absolutely. I, I want to see it. I, I still think it's a compelling matchup, even though uh, uh, the second fight was not, you know, th- a thriller. How was the first fight? I don't that, remember the first fight at all. 
First it was more convincing. It was a much more convincing win for Nunez. Yeah. Nunez. But that was no, when... it wasn't. It was not a more yeah, convincing win at all. It absolutely <laughs> was. Nunez won the first two rounds, then gas yes. major yeah. in the third. Exactly. She, clear, arguably, she, arguably she, she clearly won the first two rounds. No, it wasn't that bad. It's a, it's a second it fight. If the, if the first fight was like pride rules, did Valentina win? Probably. All right. Close. Nunez didn't do anything, and like she won convincingly, but like also, yeah, that was forever ago. And Amanda Nunez is a much different and much better. I'm just saying, I'm just saying that, that, was, that I, I think that was before she was champ, was right? More, that was before Nunez was champ, yeah. Right? Oh, yeah, okay. yeah, it was a three rounder, yeah. That was before Nunez, uh, like, I mean, I think that was a more convincing win for Nunez. And, and I, and I know you're trumpeting Shevchenko won the second fight for your rest of your life, Jed, but. I did a robbery review on that. Let me tell you something. There really wasn't enough to make a compelling case either way. There's not. There's no, not. People can watch that. Fight. No, no. Watch the fight. Watch the fight again. I don't know when the last time is you watched the fight. I'll tell anyone here in the comments, anyone watching, watch the fight again. If you can make a super strong argument that Shevchenko won that fight, I'll be amazed. Did it come down to the uh, fifth round? I'm going to not watch that fight ever again because I value it. I know. I know you won't. I know. Exactly. I have. I've endured. I think I actually watched it twice for the robbery review. And it was horrible. Uh, and and after two viewings, I honestly could not tell you like that either woman convincingly won that fight. I still, I think, I, I do think I might have scored it like for Shevchenko barely, but I was just like, I didn't feel strongly about there it. There you go. So there you go. Not, he 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 admit it. He admits it. He admits it. I mean, a lot They're of moving on. Moving on, Mister Heck. Thank you. <laughs> oh no! Don't clip that. Don't clip that. <laughs> he admitted. He admitted. That, that comment needs context. Do not clip this. He admitted. <laughs> Mike, can we talk I about think we're what all, you were? I think we're all in yeah. agreement. Listen, we'll, we'll move on, but I think we're yeah. all in agreement that fight needs to happen, but there's an absolutely no rush in making that fight happen. No. Like, we don't need to see that right now. We just don't, we don't and need it, to. We don't need to. And if it, if it never happened, I wouldn't be like, I wouldn't be like, damn, that's the one that got away. I'd be kind of like, oh, okay. It's unfortunate they I, didn't fight again. But it's, yeah, I'm definitely not of the, I need to see it happen, but it is like the most compelling thing. I would be bummed about it now. And really? like a few a few months ago, I wasn't because I thought like Nunez was just. I think Nunez would win. I still think she would win the trilogy and probably mm. more convincing. I have serious questions about that now. Um, mm. Now Shevchenko is much more willing to use her grappling, and that is mm. like it is. That's a very competitive fight in the feet. Uh, but if Shevchenko starts taking Nunez down, Nunez off her back is not not a threat i think that adds a whole different layer i I actually really would like to see that fight i agree we don't need to see it now but give it a year or two if we don't ever get it again i'll be a little bummed but let's move on to talk about the harsh horrible thing Uh, (laughs) we've been been avoiding this all right well i have i have to run i have to run shortly but i do want to mike Uh go ahead mike lay it lay it out go ahead mike okay i mean everyone knows what we're going to talk about right now we're talking Uh about the former UFC middleweight champion, Chris Weidman, who was in a great place mentally, moved to South Carolina, no more snow, hanging out with Wonder Boy, getting ready to, to fight Uriah Hall. He was super confident he was going to get a second win. Then he throws a leg kick, the first strike of the fight, 17 seconds in. Uriah Hall checks it, and Chris Weidman's leg pretty much snaps in half. It was nasty. And it was one of those things like you saw it right away. Like you heard it and you saw it and you didn't want to believe it, but you just couldn't help it. Like this was, this was too real. 
but it was just a, a crazy thing. You obviously you feel for Chris Weidman. Hopefully he's getting better. Dana White said at the press conference he's going to have surgery in the morning. He's in the hospital. But you also got to feel for Uriah Hall, too, because he really wanted this fight. It was Wyman was his first pro loss on the regional scene. He lost his middleweight title in Ring of Combat to Chris Wyman. Chris Wyman went on to the UFC to become a world champion. Just a wild scene, man. AK, I know you got to get going, but your thoughts on that fight, the leg break, and everything that happened in that 17 seconds. I uh, I was you know I I tweeted after I was like I don't want to watch fighting anymore after I saw that and I actually have not tweeted since I've retweeted a bunch of people I actually have not tweeted since that happened I'm a, I'm a Chris Weidman fan uh, so that was rough I mean that that was hard to watch man and it's crazy that you know this was uh, the first event with uh, with fans uh, what almost like I think over fifteen thousand people I felt like for a second everything froze i felt like everything froze chris wyman went down uriah hall obviously he felt it he knew right away was ron the referee thank god recognized right? every, every everyone knew i feel like fifth, somehow it wasn't like one of those chaotic moments i'm just i'm just trying to remember watching it live it wasn't like one of those chaotic moments where like you know sometimes the crowd's like oh what happened it somehow everyone knew that what maybe because it was wyman maybe they immediately were reminded of course of the wyman anderson silva rematch it was so disgusting uh, it was disgusting. It, it was it was a disturbing scene. Uh, I see people in the comments. I do want to address people asking, like, man, do you feel a little bit bad for Uriah Hall? I mean, of course, in a sense, it's crazy that you know he he beats his idol in his last fight, Anderson Silva, and he's just so emotional. He can't even really enjoy it. This one, he just as soon as it happened, he goes over to his own corner and just kind of closes his eyes and drops to his knees, and you can tell he's just trying to kind of process what's going on. And Uriah Hall is one of the most we've said this many times. One of the most thoughtful emotional fighters so it's so for this to happen to this guy uh you know two consecutive fights these sort of really kind of stressful wins if that makes sense these stressful victories and again it couldn't happen to a more thoughtful guy so i I feel for him a little bit but yeah crazy scene uh you know they cart weidman off he's just in agony the whole time obviously uh, understandably there's a brutal moment when the crowd starts chanting f jake paul during it uh which was Go that Jackson. was like slightly amusing, maybe the first time it happened. And I do not know why it kept coming up during the night. Um, that's a whole other thing. You guys can talk about that more after I'm gone. Um, <laughs> Thanks. But uh, but yeah, yeah, I'll leave that. I'll leave that to you, fellas. Um, but yeah, the Chris, the Chris Weidman thing. Look, I, I get it. Uh, this could be the last time we see Chris Weidman fight in the UFC. It's I'll say a clean break is usually uh, better than, you know, uh, some of the knee, like a tearing a ligament or something like that. But at age 36, I don't know. You know, people are saying uh, Anderson Silva, he kind of came fr- back from it relatively quickly, perhaps with some uh, some assistance. But um, whatever it takes for Chris Weidman to just – I'm not even talking about fighting. Get that leg back into good condition so he can function and live his life comfortably. That should be the focus right now. Whether he fights again, I don't know. Who knows? I think we'd all want to see it. But if this is the end, what a, what a, grim, what a grim finale to uh, what was, what's been a very good career. Yeah, I mean, I don't have much to add Sad. to that, Jed. Well, well we, Sad. we can add Dude. Dana White's wonderful tweet after it. Oh, what did he tweet? Oh, my. Dana, most... Dana has been blocked, so I don't see his tweets. He's... <sighs> No, you, wow. you you see you see one of the one of the best middleweights ever find the UFC have a horrible leg break, and you, your first thing you tweet is fastest like. First victory by a UFC fighter without ever throwing a strike. <laughs> that's 
I it was tacky. Kind of it awesome. was so. T- <laughs> it was. It was tacky to put it nicely. Oh, also, that not a be bad. true. Damian Maya fought in the UFC for like twenty years. He definitely won fights without throwing a strike. Ah, uh, did I? <laughs> Nice. I'm not, that's not even a joke. Like, I'm actually <laughs> extremely confident. At one point, he took some dude down, never threw a punch, and choked him out. Um, yeah. Look, I get that this is a, it was a, a shocking thing. Uh, this is going to, like, dude, this is wild. And, and I don't understand. Like, I maybe I'm a bad person, totally willing to admit this. Like, I do not wish ill on Chris Weidman. And I hope he recovers well because that has to be awful. Uh, I don't feel like that's a career-ending injury. I'm not a doctor either, so I could way be wrong. But uh, the all the surrounding things there are just absolutely insane. And this is easily like the most fascinating thing that happened on the night to me. Like when we look back at this, like are we gonna remember that Usman bolted Jorge Masvidal? Probably. But the first thing we're going to remember is this. And we like should, dude. It is – I tweeted this, and I'm sure I'm not the only person to have this thought. Like this is something that you could not make up because any editor, producer, et cetera, would be like, yeah, that's ridiculous. Like the, this has to be based in, in reality, not in fantasy land. Like Chris Weidman just lo- like beat Anderson Silva, the Anderson Silva, mm-hmm. and then the rematch, leg kick, shattered – horrifying now chris weidman is is making his comeback there are all these parallels between weidman um and and uriah hall that that were made a big deal of ahead of time uriah hall is the dude who was pre at one point by dana white called the next anderson silva and then that happens to him against the next anderson silva like that is some I, it's cartoonish. Like it is absurd that this is real life. It's like uh it's like the Lincoln Kennedy conspiracy theory of connections <laughs> going on here. The Illuminati is at work and they were in Jacksonville tonight. See? And Gerald Mearshart had the audacity to say that I'm the Alex Jones of MMA because I said weird things are gonna happen tonight. <laughs> I had a feeling that weird that things are gonna happen tonight. Text him. Text him. <laughs> Yeah, uh, guys, I've gone, I've gone around. I'm sorry. I know I'm going to miss the questions, uh, but it's been a, it's been a pleasure as always. I got to help do some writing. Thank you, everyone who's been watching. Stick with the stick with the boys. Stick with the stream. I will. I will see you guys soon. Bye, AK. Happy How birthday! Here, everyone say happy birthday! Here, uh, no, don't say happy birthday. It is not my birthday. AK. Happy birthday. AK. I got a question. Oh, whatever. He's gone. <laughs> All right. Speaking of questions, let's uh, we ready? Let's go to some questions. We ready? All right. Remember yeah. talking about the other leg injury, the card of leg injury. Oh God, I forgot. I it, was, it was three fights in a row. It was three fights in a row of <laughs> of leg violence, like within no, the no, first. No. Randy Brown Oliveira was between the. Uh, was the that a lot? Oh okay. Yeah, okay. the bring down thing was. Uh, no, no. Wait, there. I thought the first fight of the pay per view was Anthony Smith Crute, and then it was Weidman. Why, was it a six fight pay per view or five fight pay per view? No, but what's the third fight you're thinking of? Because I assumed you were. Talking well, no, about I was talking about um, well, late kick violence being roast. Oh no, no, there was just sorry, there oh, yeah, was um, Valentina there was there was a fight in between that. Yeah, yeah, I forgot. I forgot. Yeah, I forgot they put Valentina before Rose. All right, all right, okay. Question. Do 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 do. And Randy Brown's Twitch is going to be on fire this week. <laughs> 
because everyone wants everyone wants to know what 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 the beef was all about between those two guys and do we randy brown's like watch my twitch i want to know uh it's a it's a thing i'm not gonna i'm not gonna get a twitch account for that (laughs) so Someone just tell me. I'm not. I mean, I'm not going to watch it, but I'm, I'm, I'm sure. <laughs> I want to know. Will, I'm sure somebody. <laughs> I want to. Well, somebody that will much. watch it and then go on Twitter and tell me what it was, and that's that's perfect. Um, I like this question. Um, oops, let me fix that. Support for this show comes from Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Loom help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. That's why millions of teams around the world, including 75% of the Fortune 500, trust Atlassian Software for everything from space exploration and green energy to delivering pizzas and podcasts. Whether you're a team of two, 200 or 2 million, or whether your team is around the corner or on another continent altogether, Atlassian Software is built to help keep you all on the same page from start to finish. That way, every one of your teams, from engineering and IT to marketing, HR and legal, can stay connected and move together as one towards shared company-wide goals. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com. That's A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. I mentioned how I felt um, Valentina is a much better fighter since they, the second time her, her and Nunez fought. Um, what do we think about Nunez? Is she a better fighter? Or is she kind of, she is what she is now when they fought? She's no, nah, she's, she's 100% better. better. You think so? Yeah. Yes. I don't know if she's as much better as I think Shevchenko is, but some of that's just like she spent a lot of time fighting at 145, so it's hard to judge how much she's improved. Like we don't learn how good Amanda Tudez is because she like walked through a clearly terrified um, Megan Anderson. So, but I think yeah, I think she's probably improved pretty well. I feel Nunez is kind of where she is um pretty much since the Tate fight but um say I've I've just been I've been like I know Nunez since like the Invicta era when she was just a two-round fighter and get her past two rounds and she'll just gas out you can beat her up so obviously she's not that fighter anymore but um yeah maybe you guys think so I'm just wondering um Mm -hmm. this guy's facial hair is tremendous oh it is that was quite a mustache. Just thanks, Math. Just that is awesome. Thanks, Matthew. Not, not really a question, but I felt you know the positive energy. Um, Sweet. Well, it's been <laughs> Thursday, so I can get somebody who isn't standing for Drake Riggs. <laughs> <laughs> Why does Dana want Rose versus Young too? Rose needed seventy-eight seconds scripture because because it's Dana White. Because here's yes, exactly. You want to know why? Because he wants to see Yan Jonan fight Zhang Wei Li in China, because that would be a humongous deal for the title. That's that. That's what he sure wants. Would. That's what the UFC wants, and it would be a massive, massive thing for the UFC and the sport and for the country. So that's why oh. I think they want the rematch. 
I would also say Zhang was out for over a year because of, you know, COVID and everything. And, you know, that kind of sucks for a young fighter. And, but I, I, I love Joseph Boza. I love his questions. But the whole, well, if you beat someone in 78 seconds, that means you're going to beat him every time in 78 seconds. That's BS. Um, I mean, we saw, we saw that with DC and Stipe. You know, DC won the first one. He lost the next two. So, um, I post, bro. I post, bro. Hey, I thought I think I th- I thought DC Steve three should have been no contest, but um, uh, that would have been hilarious. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> An absolute chaos. I know. <laughs> All right, but yeah, but obviously, uh, the yeah, the China market. <laughs> yeah, it's, I mean that's that's yeah. exactly why we should all be excited about the China market, so they could pick some not culturally great song to put over their advertisement about the first Chinese versus Chinese title fight in history. <laughs> UFC got finger on the pulse. They do. Uh, chance of Nick Diaz versus Jorge Mazadal comeback fight. I'll, I'm, I'm just going to put it out there. That's exactly the fight that should happen. There's a 0% chance. Why? Nick Diaz, Nick Diaz isn't fighting. <laughs> Nick Diaz has been coming back to MMA for the last seven years. I will not believe it until after the fight is done. Literally until the moment the final horn sounds for whatever (laughs) knockout judge's decision. I will not believe that Nick Diaz is fighting until such time. Because (laughs) historically, that's the stance you should have. So if he fights twenty, so if he fights a five round like main event or co main event, you won't believe it until the twenty five like the twenty fifth minute and right. the final horn. Okay, so the twenty <laughs> so even like right. as each round ends, you're still like this isn't really no, happening. no not real, not real. That is correct. <laughs> Anything could happen. He could just like walk out of the cage. Like, you know what? I don't want to be here anymore and leave. <laughs> We're doing not. a watch along. We're doing a watch along <laughs> when Nick Diaz comes back with Jed because I have to. I have to watch this happen. Yeah, like it's uh. when he comes. Okay, I'll say yes because he's never coming back. Doesn't matter what I'm doing, I'll say yes because I never have to cash in on this. I feel like Nick Diaz coming back is like saying John Jones is gonna fight a heavyweight. It's just something I feel like we've just been talking about for like decades now. <laughs> but dude, I'm telling you, I'm telling you right now, okay? L- listen, listen to this, okay? And then we're gonna go back and we're gonna clip this out and <laughs> we're gonna remember what happened on this day. August pay-per-view, we're gonna see that fight. You heard it here like first. I know. Yes. Like, like yes. in a Nunez, Nunez Pena will be the co-main event, and they will do the stupid BMF title. Those two guys. Uh, I'm not sure why Brid- Nick Diaz would want to do that for whatever pennies he'd get from the UFC when he could just like go fight Jake Paul in August and make all the money under contract. <laughs> Is he? He's he can't good. still be under contract. He hasn't fought in eight years. Dude, Ben Askren was still under contract. He had to get you. He had ben to get Askren permission a year ago. Nick Diaz literally hasn't fought in eight years. There's no he's way dead. that contract is still holding. There's just no way. These are MMA fighters. They, they sign anything. <laughs> if we are to believe Dana White, because Nick Diaz was in the building, he said he's well, going in the back. So there you go. 
I think it's going to happen. I think that's saying if we're to believe Dana White. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, you know, as soon as you said that, I tuned out, Mike. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. well. Okay. So this doesn't mean anything. Got it. <laughs> Listen, he's not truthful. Listen, the, when does he come out and say Nick Diaz wants to fight? He always says, no, stop asking me about Nick Diaz. You guys always ask me about effing Nick Diaz. He ain't fighting. He's not coming back. He's never talked to us. Now he's saying, I'm about to go back and talk to this man about a fight. It's because you're not, you got to think this through, right? So when does he say that people don't want to fight when they're asking for too much money, but when they want to fight is when they're not asking for any money at all, because then he can set the price (laughs) and you try to get Nick Diaz back by putting public pressure on him to do it. He's playing chess, man. Low level chess. chess. Low level chess. This will be the fight, fight and this will be the last fight for like another eight years, and people are still going to want to see Nick Diaz fight after that. I mean, that's that's what makes him wonderful. If if we're living in this fantasy world where Nick Diaz is going to fight, this is the fight to make. Uh, But I just refuse to believe it until until the BMF belt has changed hands. Also, it totally should have changed hands. Usman took that shit tonight. (laughs) (laughs) Dude, dude, okay, you know my biggest bum out the whole night? I thought when Usman knocked Masvidal out and he started climbing the cage, I thought he was climbing the cage to grab the BMF belt. I thought he was going to hold that, but I was like, and that's why, and that's why Usman can't be considered the goat because he misses those freaking opportunities, those those magical opportunities like that. If he wouldn't have done that and just held that BMF belt, the baddest motherfucker in the game belt, and showed all those fifteen thousand Florida fans what's up, yeah, or just said it on the mic afterwards and been like, you know respect to George. He pushed me, but, and like totally fair, I didn't deserve the BMF belt after I foot stomped my way to a decision last year, <laughs> but I'm going to need that 12 pounds of steel right on over here. Cause you got got son. Like <laughs> what's possible. going to say, no, I just got colded. I'm still the BMF. Nope. Hand over the belt, homie. You'd be like, Jorge, can you grab the belt over there? It's just, it's, it's over there. Can you just grab it for me? Thanks. Thanks, bro. Yeah, cool. What do you think Colby would have done? Colby Colby would have jumped out of the cage and lit it on fire. Because he, he doesn't miss do anything. <laughs> Colby, Colby you know, think so? Remember that I time think Colby confronted Dana White and then at the blackjack table, and when Dana was like, "Colby, shut the hell up," Colby turned off his camera and deleted the video. Yeah, yeah. Colby, Colby would not do anything. He would have tried. <laughs> Okay. Um, I, we we talked about this earlier, but um, let's give one. Let's give a definitive answer on this. Talk, talking about we're talking about uh, become the goat. Okay, so for me, this would be name the fighters too. Okay, so we have they're gonna do the Colby fight. Okay, I don't make, care what Usman says. They're gonna do the Colby sense. fight. That is the big. That is the biggest fight he can have right now. Um, uh, Sonya, but he wouldn't do it. Yeah, he's not gonna fight us, Sonia. I don't want. Um, I would say Colby. <laughs> he doesn't want to do that either. Um, Colby, if Wonder Boy beats Burns, he would be. Yeah, and then we still got Leon Edwards and Nate. So I mean, I feel especially if Nate wins, Usman would be crazy not to like go all in on that fight because Usman would win that one, and just get that money. Um. Yeah, Wonder Boy would have to be one. Maybe Luke A. Kiesa yeah, is another guy. 
Hmm? Wonder Boy is interesting. That's the one I want to say. Is super interesting, and nobody talks about it because nobody wants Wonder Boy to have the belt. But like, he is definitely the hardest fight for Usman, in my opinion. Usman, I, I believe, is said win, same. Like, yeah, to me, I feel Usman for Usman, it's Wonder Boy, Edwards, and then probably one other fighter. It could be, oh yeah, Colby too. Um, yeah, Colby, Colby again, beat Wonder Boy be Edwards and that's the division. I mean, yeah, you may throw Nate in there if Nate looks great against Leon Edwards. I mean, we're we're assuming that's not gonna happen. But um either Leon Edwards, Nate Diaz, you know, we're the winner of that Wonder Boy, Colby, and then I don't know, to me, like Usman's got it. I don't know. I need at least four from him. <laughs> uh, I, I just do. Like he needs maybe three gets it done, but probably not. Needs that Probably four fights gets him really in the conversation. Wonderboy absolutely has to be one. And the other one's like, okay, Colby, fine, another rematch. Um, I guess Leon Edwards is probably going to get there. But like the other ones is somebody that we don't even know yet, right? Like it's yeah, going to be thinking. somebody who comes out of the woodwork because maybe Shmaev is that good, you know, something like that. Like, yeah, it, it's going to be, yeah, it's going to be Shmaev or some dude because that's how yeah. this always works. Like, again, my like, I think one of the most underrated aspects to goat conversations is not just number of defenses, but like time, like duration, because putting together like six defenses in a year is hella impressive. But also, we've seen tons of fighters like have a good year and then drop off after it. It's it's being that a game year after year after year at the top of the mountain when people are gunning for you. Like that is so difficult because. New fighters rise, new fighters fall, new styles come up. The game innovates so quickly, like the meta game. I mean, we didn't even talk about it, but like tonight might have been the end of the calf kick because there is a very real reason you shouldn't calf kick somebody, and it's Uriah Hall just snapped Chris Weidman's leg in two. So like the, the game shifts so quickly that I think years do matter as well. And so like I need three or four defenses – Wonder Boy, assuming he wins one more fight, needs to be amongst them. And, you know, whoever else comes up in the next couple of years. I'm with you on that one. That sounds about right. For And just for our listeners out there who may or may not train Muay Thai or MMA, getting, a, getting checked off a leg kick is so, so freaking painful. It's way worse than actually getting kicked to me when you get checked properly good god you it's never like, want to you never want to throw a kick again bar. yeah it's, it's 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 so weird it's like i was about to break this leg this guy's leg but nope now my leg is just sucks for a week at least well unless you, if you don't break it i mean i've never broken it but oh god when i see like when i see hard checks and fights i'm just like oh you just kind of like tense a little bit yeah. so but yeah, it's not a good time, man. nasty it's not man. A good time. I thought one of the most interesting things of the of the press conference was actually Valentina throwing, kind of accidentally throwing shade at Chris Weidman for throwing that calf kick, kind of, but basically saying you gotta be careful throwing those, and that's why she doesn't throw that many leg kicks because there's a high chance risk that you can really f up your leg. And I thought that was that's something I, ne- I never really noticed from Valentina. It's, I mean, it, she's not a big leg kicker, is she? Not huge. Not huge. Um, I mean, she'll, she pick, does, she'll pick. She'll pick. She'll pick up spots, but she does the inside one consistently. But that's that safer. seems 
I mean, it's safer. And that yeah. seems to me, at least to my eye, to be more because, or she's, she's a Southie anyway. And it feels more like it's a rhythm break and not like an attack. Like Agreed. she's just trying to take the front leg out from under him. Um, maybe we'll take like one or two more questions, but, uh, yeah, we'll take you know, Anthony Smith gets a win. He actually looked pretty good tonight. It was sure kind does. of an unfortunate ending. Uh, Randy Brown with a nice, uh, one arm rear naked choke submission over Alex Oliveira. Uh, Dwight Grant with a, a very questionable split decision in my eyes. I thought it should have been a draw. Uh, thought it was a draw. I actually scored a 30, 27 for Seculage. Ooh. Didn't watch the fight. No. Also, shouts to Anthony Smith and Jimmy Crew. Before the weirdness and even after the weirdness, that was fun as hell. Yeah. That hell yeah. Fun. Like, they That's were just stuff. trading jabs for low kicks. Like, <laughs> an even exchange. Which one of us will fall first? <laughs> yeah, that was good. That was a good scrap for five minutes for sure. Uh, Brennan Allen, good submission. Pat Sabatini gets his first UFC win. Uh, Dana Batgarel, nasty knockout of Kevin Natividad. Uh, Rodrigo Vargas beats Rong Zhu. Uh, Jeff Molina, uh, Aori Kilang. Good God, what a fight that was. I feel vindicated. That was my low-key banger, and it delivered. And then, of course, Ariane Karnalozzi and Liang Na was a great fight as well. Dude, feel bad go. for Bacquerel. Because, like, great knockout. Had to be feeling pretty good. Uh, and especially, like... On paper, it was very possible that the top three fights were not super exciting or deliver super highlight KOs. And then, nope, like, just didn't have All a chance. Of them. Of them. <laughs> yeah. Didn't, didn't have a chance. Uh, what is what is left for Mazadal after this? Does he ever headline a pay-per-view again? Yes. Against Nick Diaz in August for the BMF title. Wait, I thought that was going to be on the same pay per view as Nunez versus uh, it is. Pena. But so he's yeah, going to head on that over over Nunez and Pena. Yeah, are you kidding me? That'd be interesting. That's one hundred percent what they would do. I feel yeah. like they just put it on a different card. I think a different card. I don't yeah. know. I feel like you know that we're, better we're, than I. Do. We're already so. booked through September with title fights because now we got Blahovich and Glover. In September, I mean, you could do it later, but I think you—it's convenient. I want to get Nick in there, (laughs) so this could push back. (laughs) (laughs) If Nick gets in there and Nick really wants to fight, he's probably going to want to get back in there sooner rather than later. And this is a lucrative fight for Mazadal, and it's a lucrative fight for Nick. You know, give the girls pay-per-view points as well. If that happens, it's definitely headlining pay-per-view, and Mazadal is headlining pay-per-view anyway. Mazadal Covington is going to headline the shit out of a pay-per-view. And frankly, Mosfall Leon Edwards is probably going to do the same at some point too. Even Leon Edwards, who no one likes, will still still get a headliner <laughs> because of Jorge Mosfall. Does does Mas that's that's what's wild to me about winning and losing in the in MMA with fans and you know what sells? Because I'm not wrong when I think Masvidal Colby sells way more than Usman Colby too. Yeah, easily. I mean, that's what I mean. Like a title fight against the goat, you know, you know, well, the future goat, you know, Usman. Like it's just that's that's, I always find that weird. Like we're just uh, the general fan base just isn't interested in seeing the best. They just want to see 
They want to see rivalries. It's just, it's just, I just, I was thinking it's just a very interesting part of the sport. But um, one quick last question. Uh, we didn't really talk about this, no, but I thought, I thought, I thought this was interesting. Can you say something about Masvidal being too confident? Which was Masvidal well, kind of? Like, no, that's what he he, he said that in his post fight in his in his post fight in the cage. He said, "Oh, I just didn't think Usman could hit that hard." You know, he just I, just, I mean, he fought, he fought the guy for 25 minutes, so he would know. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think that's a matter of being too confident. I mean, when you get knocked out like that, like what are you supposed to say? Yeah, the my thing here is it's never good to – I'm of the opinion that you should never do the, oh, I just got hit, let me put my hands down and invite a brawl. Some fighters that like make sense, especially for strategic purposes, if you're that's your best chance to win, is just getting into a, a rough and rugged. Uh, in general, I don't, but it's not like Masvidal was dicking around in there and had his hands down and got clocked. Like he just Usman stepped in with the right hand <laughs> and it landed flush. Like I, I don't think he was overconfident anyway, because like Mike said, he's been 25 minutes. You should have a pretty good understanding, uh, I would imagine, of who another human being is and what they're physically capable of if you fight them for half an hour. Um, and that just happened. Like well, he's he's not as good as Kamaru Usman. But we saw the first fight. No, I don't think I wasn't. Did any of us think that, that Kamaru Usman could one-shot kill Masvidal? I, I mean, I mean, on earth. That's what, I mean. so, that's what I mean. So, so I, I, that's what I mean. So I can totally understand what Masvidal is like. He can't knock me out. Yeah, he can hit me and I can, it can suck, yeah. but knock me out. I mean, I, that was just yeah. wild. And, and such a, such a technique. And I totally agree with what Jet said earlier about KO of the year because of the level of competition. Such a just technically perfect, just back to basics punch. Just fake the left hook, pull the hand yeah. down, boom. It was just awesome. Mm-hmm. I was like, just. Just ba- basics. The basics. I love. I love the basics. All right. Where's yeah. That? I mean, it was good. It, it was. It was good. But I mean, it's it, it's kind of hard to find a happy medium because like, you want to sell the fight, you want to talk trash, get a couple more pay per view buys, but at the same time, there's like the old additive of like the pro wrestling world where you, like, you want to talk trash, but you still want to put over your opponent. Yeah. So if you say like. Oh, this guy hits like a like a bitch, or he's got pillow hands, and then you get knocked out by him. It just makes you look really bad. That's why, like in those worlds, you're like, yeah. But I mean, I get it. It's just kind of finding that happy medium, which no one's been able to find, and it's really hard to find. So I don't think he was like too confident. I just think he spent 25 minutes with him. Nobody thought that was possible. If anyone was getting a finish, if Usman was going to get a finish, it was going to be like a late submission or like a more of a ground and pound TKO. Yeah. One of those. Like I, in the guard, lands a couple elbows and then just like finishes the fight like late in the fifth. But I don't think anybody saw pop, that coming. Pop crucifix. <laughs> yes. <laughs> did, did a little Chevy. Did a little Chevy finish. A little Chevy trucking. Um, <laughs> I have two things I just oh. thought of now. As we, you can play it out. We yeah, can yeah. just chat while we play out here. One, this is just for me to say to whoever happens to still be listening. Uh, we should not give Jorge Masvidal credit for his post-fight speech. Um, Uriah Hall gets all the credit in the world for handling. Hell yeah. Like, that is 
the like the best answer he could have possibly given if he gave him a week and a script. Um, full credit to that man, but you talk a bunch of shit and then get smoked. Like you can't stand up and be like he's still a punk. <laughs> you just sort of have to. There's no other outcome but to take that L. So I'm not not willing to join the throngs of people saying what sportsmanship, raw. Uh, but on that note, what what the hell is with them interviewing the guys who got killed? Rogan like made a whole thing that he didn't want to do interview concussed fighters, and he rolls up the Wadi Zhang and is like, "Hey, I know you don't speak this language, and yeah, you're all three of them, all three. Yeah, I mean it was a little better with Andrade because at least she didn't really get like TKO. Yeah, it was yeah, a mercy stoppage. But like, uh, like Wiley was uh, like unconscious, clearly still concussed, very upset about what was going on, and a, it's through a, a translator. Footprint like, still in her face. Why are you mad? <laughs> why are you mad? Can you please just admit that you were out? Like, what the hell are we doing? Here? Oh, I didn't want to complain. I didn't want to complain about Rogan tonight. His his in cage interviews are so bad. Uh, Jimmy, yeah, they he interviewed strong. Jimmy Crute couldn't even stand on his leg, and they made him stand and do a post fight interview after the loss to Anthony. Yeah, shouts to Jimmy Crute though because that interview Hell was yeah. dope. He's just like, yeah, I was gonna pull guard because I can't stand up. Awesome, buddy, you're the man, dude. He he won he won the rest of that round once he lost his foot. <laughs> like he won he the rest. of it, it reminded me of Chandler when Chandler he lost his foot and he wound up winning the rest of the round against Premise, but then the the ref stopped it because like, well, your foot's yeah. backwards. You don't need a foot to win fights. That's what I learned tonight. We'll have this yes. discussion later. I, I I'm I'm still kind of upset with that because I haven't found a rule that actually. Okay, we're not gonna talk about that. Okay, I'm a, let me play the outro um, music one more time. <laughs> yes. Sorry. In the sort of <laughs> sort of. <laughs> Sorry. <I'm, laughs> And, and other shout-outs I will give. Uh, big shout-out to the Jacksonville crowd tonight because, man, what a difference just hearing them. And, I mean, they were on fire from the first fight. They, ooh, it was crazy. They, ooh, the second By the second fight, they were wooing already. Man, come on. Yeah, listen, I, you, you can't but just be positive all right i i can take <laughs> we can take i could take a couple of woos it was just it was just cool like Ari, ariana cornelis it was just like i'm coming out to fight yeah cornelis is coming out getting ready to fight and like everyone's cheering for her. she's like me for me <laughs> chris weidman is screaming in agony getting stretchered out of the arena and the crowd's like uh fuck jake paul fuck jake paul <laughs> Oh, MMA Listen, fans, you're the best. Yes, it's 15,000 drunk people watching fights. Like, it ain't going to be perfect, but it was still kind of <laughs> cool 000, in, in spots. It's 15,000 drunk Jacksonville people watching fights. <laughs> Can't stress that one part enough. Dude, we got there wasn't one single Duval. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, we got to go. <laughs> All right, we got to get out of here. For Jed, for Casey, I'm Mike Heck. Good night, everybody. Love you guys. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. With the NBA Finals around the corner, you can bet with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get a no-sweat bet up to $1,500 if your first bet doesn't hit. 
Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. One no sweat bet per new customer. Issued as one bonus bet based on amount of initial losing bet. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility, wagering, and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. First thing in the morning, as soon as you wake up, the to-do list starts. Does the car need gas? Hopefully those leftovers are still good. Why did I get CC'd on the <laughs> No. You can't escape the to-do list, but you can make the most of your me time with a relaxing shower using Method Hair Care products. Try Pure Peace Volumizing, Simply Nourish Moisturizing, or Daily Zen Shampoo and Conditioner for daily use. All formulated with long-lasting fragrances and are safe for color-treated hair. Reconnect with the best version of yourself. Visit methodproducts.com to unleash your inner shower. 